Hi, I'm Greg Potter, and this is 20-Minute Collaborations. Welcome back to 20 Minute Collaborations. Where am I today? I am in Milwaukee. I've been house sitting and kind of hiding while I try to get caught up on work. Uh, do you know what that means? Do you know how that is? I imagine you probably do. I am so excited to finally bring you the last of the four interviews from our live show salon back in December. This episode made me really think about my life in restaurants and what a collaboration it is to work in a restaurant. One of my friends I worked with ages ago in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, she loved being pregnant. And I remember when she had, I think it was her last kid, she was still waiting tables on the floor the night that she went into labor. We really, can do extraordinary things with our body. And she <laughs> she just exemplified what it can be to be a woman carrying a child. And uh, the story with Francesca Hong from the live show really adds to that. So I hope you're excited with that little teaser. Francesca Hong is a state representative here in Wisconsin. She is a mother. She is a restaurateur. She owns a Morris Ramen right off the square in Madison, Wisconsin. She is a community organizer and activist and just a really fucking amazing human being. I mean, we use this term in the show a lot, so I might as well just bring it out now. There's not much more I could say about this because we just need to dive in. So here is the live show recording with Francesca Hahn. If you haven't eaten a Morris Ramen, then I'm just judging you right now. You should get there as soon as you can. Uh, this fantastic local business owner ran for state representative a few years ago, and she won. I got to vote for her. She's amazing. And she, I would say, and this is not, I don't have any proven anything in my back pocket to say this, but I would say she's probably the hardest working, one of the hardest working public servants we have here in Wisconsin. Representative Francesca Hong. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So the first question, 
you know is, how did you get here? Well, here is the beautiful Burr Oak and the fantastic staff they have and the wonderful folks at Ahan that I just have to give also a quick shout out to. I hope some of y'all have gotten their amazing food. Um, I got here after uh, having to change on in my sweats because I work from home today. And uh, tried on a couple different outfits, wasn't thrilled with any of them, and then went with my tiger shirt, which was hand printed at Giant Jones Brewing. They are a great supporters of local artists. Um, which we have a live um, market next Sunday. Me and Christine will be there with Tina and Giant Jones and Bloom Bake Shop. Okay. Yes, we put on all of those folks. Um, but I mean, I got here because my parents decided to immigrate here in the late 80s uh, from South Korea. They wanted to pursue education, um, agency. They didn't want to be um, in, it was a pretty tumultuous time in uh, a political, tumultuous political environment um, after they got married. And I got into TW Medicine, so they came here. And so I'm a very proud daughter of immigrants. Uh, grew up in Eagle Heights, which if y'all know Eagle Heights, that place is a true gem. Um, I thought the rest of Madison was like Eagle Heights, turns out not so much. Uh, but we're, we're growing, we're learning, we're becoming much better. Um, I am a college dropout. I tried higher education a couple times, and as far as St. Paul, to go to McAllister for a little bit. Um, but then felt uh, my first real sense of belonging working in restaurants, working with folks that I had nothing in common with. I learned what the band Fish was. I was working. <laughs> um, I felt really cool smoking in uh, the alley cigarettes with the other cooks after a 12-hour shift. I don't know, I felt a sense of belonging that I hadn't felt even in school, you know, even in community. And it was the first time I thought about what my role was in community. Um, fell in love with the hospitality industry, worked in restaurants for a while, started getting into organizing, didn't know what organizing was. I just wanted to surround myself with really amazing folks that wanted to get shit done. Um, and then after the pandemic, ran for office. So. Couple years after that, here we are, still trying to find, um, constantly being inspired by community. Uh, I have one more applause, one more round. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad that you've made, you, we found each other. So, so glad you. Um, would you like to tell your story? Um, so my collaboration story uh, is also my, uh, Birth story. <laughs> um, here for it. So this was 2015. I um, had come out of my like weird quarter life crisis where I was working in um, uh, for urban land interest as a leasing agent, and I had left the industry and I was like, because I, I got so burned out by it. And then I had a friend. I met them at the boo, and he whispered like, "Do you ever miss it? Do you want to come back?" like, you know what, I think it's time. I think it's time to go back to the restaurant industry. So I started working um, at a merchant and then decided that I needed to go back to Morimoto because that didn't work out. Got pregnant. Um, 
realized that at that point we had an opportunity to move uh, and open Morris Ramen. But again, I was like, well, how are we gonna do this? I'm about to have a baby, we're, you know, and we were both working. Uh, my then husband and I, uh, my ex-husband and I were working for Morimoto and I was like, well, let's just, let's just try it out. Um, I was closing down the line, uh, finished sweeping and mopping under all the ovens. Um, five hours later, my water broke. Uh, so we went to the restaurant and at this point we were testing recipes at Morimoto um, and still trying to figure out like how to open Morris. Um, but I had to go into labor, and so <laughs> we got to the hospital. Um, things weren't really moving. Uh, I was worried about the suit that we had put on the night before, and who was there to strain it, and what was going on. And so I let my ex go back to the restaurant. He had had the audacity to get a sandwich on the way back from the Philippines, and like I couldn't eat at that point, but that's embarrassing. Um, Yo, this we gotta do some we gotta do something else here. So uh, two anesthesiologists came in. They called themselves Laverne and Shirley. They moved the epidural. Things started moving, and I was like, okay. Um, but actually, that was not so much. I started. I watched the entire NBA Finals game. It was Game Three of the 2016. Um, I think LeBron scored like 32 points. Um, but I, I saw all this, and people kept coming in, and I was just like, this wasn't a, like, I wasn't going to be alone, right? I had not only Laverne Shirley, but an amazing nursing staff. I had my ex son at the time taking care of, you know, the rest of the, the soup. Um, baby came, George was super healthy, everything was great, my, our families were there. Um, but six months after that, we still had the restaurant to open, and I think it was recognizing, you know, for the first time, it takes a village. Like, I couldn't open a restaurant just on my own. We couldn't, like, uh, training staff and inviting customers in and building these relationships, all these things were happening at once, and it was this managed, trusted chaos that really, I think, helped us open in a way that started with collaboration. And it took, like, yes, giving birth can be an incredibly like, isolating, wonderful experience, but it wouldn't have happened in a way that reminded me that, you know, everything depends on trusting other people, collaborating with other people, building healthy relationships to have this collaboration if it wasn't for um, really trusting yourself to, to ask for for me, it took burning another human and recognizing it was going to take a community to help not only raise him, but also bring Morris Raman and this business and this very community-centered business into the world. There was a lot of generosity. There was a lot of uh, healthy relationship building, a lot of conflict, a lot of stress. But in the end, all of those things, I think, together is what made for a healthier collaboration and what still really um, is my vision that I try to either share or learn more about with folks that I surround myself with today. Thank you for sharing the story. Wow. I, I, 
Wow. I, I, I'm going to start first, and this kind of came up in Christine's story. When there are 27 pots on the stove, obviously the pot, well, the number one pot was get the baby out. <laughs> but how do you, first, how do you juggle that? How do you decide what's next? What processes, what best practices do you use? So I try not to think so much about how I'm managing the chaos and more so who is helping me um, and how are they doing because how they're doing is ultimately going to impact the, the, with the product or help you get to the solution that you need. Um, I think a lot about how I'm caring for myself and the people around me. Um, and I'm also kind of addicted to that chaos of having a lot of pots burning and pans going and um, people around me. And I think that it's less so much thinking about how I'm, you know, how I'm doing this and more so of like, how are the people doing around me? Um, how am I presenting myself? How am I showing up at work? Um, and, and recognizing that, especially, and this is something I learned working in service for so long is that how you show up, especially when it's a stressful environment or can be in a restaurant, because always the variable is the customer coming in. You can't control that customer coming in. You can't control what their wants and desires might be. You can try to meet them the best that you can, but ultimately a lot of it comes down to, you know, recognizing how folks might be around you, how you're showing up, and less so much about managing or prioritizing the tasks as it is, you know, getting into feeling a little bit more about how you are showing up for others. Um, but also I'm very addicted to work and so <laughs> managing that chaos also is just making sure that what makes me feel good is working really hard for other folks. And you know, that it, it's, it's, I think something folks see in me and want to do for themselves as well. When you were talking about Laverne and Shirley, and that piece, what I was hearing was mindfulness. You know, I'm like, okay, like I had, a, I had in college, I had an advisor and one day, he's like, this is not cancer. This is not, you're not solving, this is just a play. If you can't go on tonight, we'll just cancel it. And you know, you can't do that, obviously, given uh, having birth. Uh, birth. But in it, though, we, uh, I promise I'm getting to my point. In it, we realize that we have more time for the other things that are happening as well. And mindfulness does that. How does mindfulness show, mindfulness show up with human collaborations besides just sort of nature? Um, I think it's a lot of patience, grace, and being present, which is very difficult, I think a lot easier said than done. Um, mindfulness is, is, to me, I think connected to generosity. Like you're choosing to be very present in a moment, asking that of someone else but not having to really say it. Um, and then kind of recognizing like the environment that we're in and if it's, um, if it's conducive to getting work done together. Um, I think healthy collaboration always requires a, a more, more thoughtfulness, and then mindfulness is something I try to do for 
um, myself to help me to be more thoughtful when I'm in the presence of others. I love that. As someone who loves to be in, in that space, uh, as many of us do, um, I find that often, and with sometimes with clients, I have to ask this question, and I always, I think I've asked this to you a couple times, how do you find time to celebrate? And is celebration important when you're always on to the next thing? Celebration is really challenging um, for me. I, um, I get a lot of joy in seeing others feel light and happy and good around me. And, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I celebrate with others. Um, finding time to celebrate for me is, um, and maybe this is a little bit, I'm, I'm, I struggle with celebrating myself, um, mostly because it's, I don't know, finding that happiness and joy celebration in yourself is, is for me a lot of pressure. And I find relief in that pressure when, uh, when I surround myself with folks around me who are, who are doing that more, and then it inspires me to, okay, this is something I can check in with myself about. But for me, celebration, um, I think, always involves others, and it's, it's hard to do on your own. We all need more celebration in life. Please, please make that a priority. We all need it. Life is things are difficult, please find things to celebrate. Sorry, I just had that PSA. <laughs> Where are we at with time, love? Oh, sorry, I was taking pictures. <laughs> uh, three minutes. Okay. Um, would anyone from the audience like to ask Francesca? A what are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> We're going to do two. First, is that Angela? Yes. Sit down with someone and have this conversation 
I actually, I actually did it. We didn't, she didn't realize she was doing that with me, but I, I reminded myself that we all share this, this yearning for belonging, and it helps me recognize that, like, if I'm out here feeling dehumanized, there's no reason for me to do that to someone else just because we stopped the Justice, you can ask that question if you want. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was a... Anyway, no, I was just saying, like, what's your hopes and dreams? And it's, you know, it's from the thing that you get, it's like athletes and politicians. They always get the same questions. And anyone, you know, they don't know the questions. And I always feel like you should be like, hey, if you had to choose between gravity and an orange, which one would you choose? <laughs> Gravity's pretty important. Or just provide vitamin C and vitamin D, which we all desperately need in these times right now. My, my hope is, is really um, to get to a place where every individual doesn't have to feel like they have to constantly defend themselves or fight for resources, and we can have agency be something that is just learned and accepted and, and know that it's something that everyone deserves instead of constantly talking about how to uh, get resources or constantly talking about how to you know, build more for others. My, my hope is to one day recognize that, like, there is enough, like, there is more that we can share and that we don't have to constantly be operating in fear and scarcity and that, you know, everyone's hopes and dreams are more centered on abundance and agency and, and that a sense of community is more just something we feel instead of having to fucking constantly talk about it. Thank you all for those questions. Anything remaining that you want to share about collaboration before I ask, before this part is done, and then I just ask you to share about your campaign, what's going on in your life? Yeah, um, I, I mentioned generosity. I heard so many other things from uh, our amazing uh, panelists and speakers and uh, who shared today. Um, but I think an important thing to remember and keep in mind when it comes to collaboration and healthy collaboration, um, in addition to trust, which we also talked a lot about, um, is gratitude. And, and to uh, remember to keep gratitude for yourself and also share a lot with others. Yes. I'm so grateful for you and for Christine and for Tiffany, and for Angela, and for Dina, and all of you coming Shout out to Sarah, too. And Sarah, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Greg Potter, everyone. <laughs> If you enjoyed time with me, you can uh, find me at GG Potter um, on all the socials. I have a three-month webinar series that's starting on January 24th, I believe, for uh, three months, and we're going to talk about the life cycle of collaboration and how we lead and design collaborations. Well, <laughs> I have an answer. Um, and to listen to 20-minute collaborations. Have a good night, have another drink, we're here until 9 o'clock. Thank you all.
what a fun experience that night was. And sitting and having a conversation with all four of these phenomenal women and ending it with Francesca really just was the cherry on the top of the cake. Our conversation pulled in all different things that the four of us talked about that night. We dove further into prioritizing tasks and I love how Francesca really said, it's not the how, but it's the who am I working with and what do they need and how do they get their tasks done. And what that really speaks to me is transformational leadership. We are transforming ourselves and the people we are leading into new, further developed, higher resonating human beings to get more impact and a greater outcome of the work that we're doing. It's so beautiful. We also talked a little bit about mindfulness and I love the part that mindfulness is grace and patience and that it's really a respect and a love for other people when we are being mindful and the intention that goes with that. And the other big piece that we talked about in this conversation is celebration. We have a difficult time celebrating ourselves. I have this conversation continuously with people of let's stop, let's celebrate something that we've done because we are worth it. And why do we have that anxiety or that guilt or that pressure when we do try to celebrate ourselves? I hope as we go into this next week, after you've listened to this, or when you're, whenever you listen to this, please take a moment and celebrate something that you've done recently. It can be just getting out of bed, or it can be accomplishing a huge goal with a new client, or it can be anything as long as it is guided by your moral compass. <laughs> it could go it could go so far from there. Anyway, we have a lot going on in our camp. We have a new life cycle collaboration coming up in August if you want to join that. We are going to South Africa in October. We've got some spots left on that. So please reach out. Let me know if you want if you want to do any of this work with me. We're collaborating every day. And I know that we are getting more friendly with collaboration. Take care, and we'll see you on the next 20-Minute Collaborations. You've been listening to 20-Minute Collaborations with international collaboration coach Greg Potter. If you're interested in working with Greg or finding out how he can help your organization, visit ggpotter.com. You can also follow him on all the social media at ggpotter. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get all of the collaborative ooey gooeyness that you've been longing for your entire life. This is an Artemis Bow Productions podcast.